Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and guys, I realized something last night. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't start the podcast off this way because I know we have a lot to talk about, but I realized... <laughs> This is so dumb. I should not even talk about this. When I go to the bathroom, when I go number one, all right, uh-huh. Uh-huh. my That's my yeah. my two feet are never flat on the floor. My right foot is always tilted up just a little bit. I thought like maybe the toes up or the are the ankles up? No, like like the so my. Okay. Well, can so you I, come around so we can uh, see your feet? The, By chance, so, can we can we yeah, see the feet? I thought there. maybe he was on his tippy toes because he right. had to get over the rim. Oh, so you got to no. kind of—that's not nice. I, so you're the one just, who brought it up. So just so you know, so it's like the right foot here is just always in this sort oh, of like. You know what you're doing? This pose is Yadier Molina's lead at first base. <laughs> I thought it was Jack Clark's old batting yeah, stance. Right. Is what it looked like. <laughs> this is what it looked yeah. like to me. I, so is I this really, at home or is this in public or both? Both. Huh. Everywhere. And now, what brought this on for you to just observe your feet? I, listen, man, I don't know. Last night, I, I was going to the bathroom, and I noticed it, and I was, and I started laughing because I, I tried to put my foot down flat, and it just, it was, was not it comfortable. Hot, man, the hose off? Were the toes lined up, but the one was up, or was the one that's up also back a little? Oh bit? yeah, were yeah, you, yeah, you're yeah, actually yeah. in a batting stance. Yeah, it's it's a little like staggered huh. kind of. Yeah. I wonder if you were concerned about peeing on your on your shoe because I get that same way. Like if I'm if I'm going number one into a toilet. I will do my best, like the one here, the the one person one here. I'll get my feet underneath the toilet so there's no splashback because I'm real particular about yeah. my shoes being well, clean. How, do you and fire if I go off to just a, everywhere, Jeff? I don't understand. Yeah, it's the Prince Albert, and but then it also does cause spray. I hit at the urinal. You go the opposite way. You go this way. You spread out so there's no splash. Right. That way but you're not you're walking around with feet visible. With the guy beside you, Jeff. And, you know what that means. And <laughs> give me a negative, Jamie. Give me a negative. <laughs> 
Everybody here knows my name. Listen, I always <laughs> Good point. I always start off the podcast complaining about something. So I just figured that today was a little change of pace. No, it was great. It was uh, very you know what I mean? informative. Still don't understand why, but that's okay. No, it's fine. Just you know, in, maybe just in case some sort of alarm goes off, you're ready. You're I'm ready to run. run I am, man. I'm I'm ready to sprint. That's for sure. Hmm. So uh, yesterday, uh, obviously, uh, NHL trade deadline. And we got a lot to talk about as as far as that goes with the St. Louis Blues. Um, there was not that Titanic deal that I think some of some of us were hoping for. But honestly, man, as it got closer to the deadline, and I kept seeing what teams were getting for players with term and for rentals. Man, I was starting to get kind of cold feet about what the deal for Jacob Chickren could potentially look like and who the Blues were going to be. Lo- you know, losing. So I guess first things first, guys. What do you think of the deal? What do you think of the Blues? How they look going into the The playoffs? only thing I want to throw is remember the Titanic sank. So we don't need a Titanic deal. <laughs> You're that's right. A good point. Correct. That's actually that's a really good, good point. Really good point. And it could. I like it's very metaphoric, Jeff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. No, really your good. thoughts on so your thoughts on the Nick Letty deal. I want to know yours first. Uh, mine is almost jumping to about 10 or 15 minutes into the podcast is what I would like to say is everybody needs to calm the F down. Because being off yesterday, I watched a lot of Twitter, as I know you did, Donnie, while you were on the air, uh, so I could kind of talk a little bit educatedly about this. And (laughs) the people that were saying, come on, Army, do something. Come on, Army, do anything. Are you not going to do anything? Make some sort of trade. Then you get Nick Letty, and those same people are going, well, this isn't an upgrade. This isn't a this guy. We didn't need this guy. Jake Wallman was going to be amazing. Sunquist is the next whomever. You just got to say that Army's got a plan, big picture. That's my thoughts on my, yesterday. My, my, the only thing that, that, that kind of – I don't even want to say troubled me, man. But the one thing that gave me pause when I saw the deal, it wasn't Wallman. It wasn't Sunquist. It was the second-round pick. But, it, it, but I just said it. I mean – the, the 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 price for rentals and for players, I mean, it was high. So if you want something, you got to pay for it. Yeah, the second round pick doesn't trouble me. You know how I feel about draft picks mm-hmm. is uh, the Blues have a tremendous scouting staff. They do a great job. And I believe their first rounders are very important. Now, the Blues are usually a successful team. So that is usually a mid to late first round pick, which means you're not getting the top tier prospect. You're getting a really good player that could end up being a great player. Uh, but then when you start leaking into the second round, so do the math. Now you're at the bottom of the second round as well. What does the pool of players look like? So for me, the percentages are greater that at least I got Nick Letty mm-hmm. in this deal. It's a very known commodity is what I've just received from the Detroit Red Wings, whereas the second round pick towards the latter part of the round, I'm not really sure what I'm sure. getting. Is and, there? I'm sorry. Is there enough research going on right now to where – the Blues would know who they may be nah. giving up in that round? No. no not no. even close. It's I mean, there's a-, a central scouting in that, but uh, honestly, Jeff, to go two years ahead, like uh, so much changes at the amateur level where guys you know, have a growth spurt, guys put on some weight, guys come out of nowhere and become NHL caliber hockey players. So they're not even looking at that. They're just using past data that they have to go, okay, this is kind of the player that we've drafted in the past. Are we willing to part with this guy? And they were. So well, Before getting into, Donnie's got a great question about, hey, what was this guy's day like yeah, yesterday? Yeah. But what are we getting in Nick Letty? Nick Letty, uh, here's the thing, is 
I've seen both sides of the spectrum on this where people are like, hey, we trust Army very much like you just said, uh, Jeff. We trust Army. If this is not the ultimate move, then it's coming in the summertime. We know that he's going to do something. Nicoletti is a really good player. I think people forget because he went to the Eastern Conference and, you know, because he's not Jacob Chikrin or Provorov, who, by the way, didn't get moved. And the cost of doing business with that was out of this world. And then you have Giordano and Sherratt. The cost of doing business there for rentals, are you out of your mind? There's no way. Blues fans would have been absolutely pissed today or a month from now or two months from now when you've got all these assets that went out the door and you don't have a player anymore. That player's gone and moved on to somewhere else. So, um, you know, I think that the deal itself was the right deal to make. Uh, Nick Letty is a great player. He really is. He's a Stanley Cup champion in 2013 with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's top five in the NHL at puck retrievals with clean exits. What's that? What does that mean? It means when the other team dumps the puck in, he's so good at skating, he gets back, gets the puck, and is able to create a clean breakout without turnovers, whether it's by first pass or skating it out. So you put him paired up with Colton Pareko, both guys are one-man breakouts. They can skate the puck out of the out of the zone or make that one clean, crisp pass tape-to-tape tape that gets you going the other way. We know the Blues are dangerous in transition. So he's just added to that arsenal. He's also really good at joining the attack, that second layer of offense from the D-man jumping up in the play. He's able to quarterback a power play if need be. He's able to get out there on a power play and do damage. He's done that in the past, whether it's with the Blackhawks or with the Islanders. He's been a real big part of that. So when I look at Nick Letty, I see a guy who fits the mold of what the Blues currently have. He also, by the way, is top tier for getting pucks through to the net in the NHL, which means he changes his shot angle. He moves, he, he shakes, he gets it through. He gets the puck to the net, which is something that a lot of D-man don't do. They get it deflected, get it blocked. How many times have we talked about block shots this oh, year for yeah, the St. Yeah, Louis Blues? Yeah. So when I look at this deal, I think to myself, it's, exa- it's exactly the type of player that the Blues... Uh, it fits the Blues formula here. Now, where it falls short is it's not that big, tough, net front-clearing, left-handed shot defenseman that everybody wanted so bad. But that there's only one guy that was really that that guy. Like, Jacob Chickman wasn't that guy. Provorov, not really that guy. Giordano's, yeah, not really that guy. The only guy that fit that mold was Ben Sherrod. Mm-hmm. Or Jacob Middleton. But Jacob Middleton wasn't good enough to come in and play in your top four. So when I look at Ben Sherratt, was he really good enough? Are you going to really hang your hat on him against Nathan McKinnon in a conference final or against Jack Eichel and Mark Stone or something like that? I don't know. So I I err on the side of, you know, fight fire with fire, meaning we've got a really good skating offensive defensive core right now. Let's add one more guy, and maybe that's just going to be too much for other teams to handle. Maybe we don't win 2-1. to one. Maybe we win 4-2. to two. Maybe that's the attitude from now on. I do think Army made the move that was available to him, that made sense, and he cleared up 2.75 cap space for the offseason when he might want to go shopping. I don't mean to like sort of oversimplify this, but I kind of feel like the Blues got exactly what they needed. They We needed a top four left-handed shooting defenseman. That's what we got. Yep. He he seems like he's he's a steady Eddie kind of guy, which it seems like we were lacking that as well. And then one of the things that we've learned from you, Jamie, is how it will settle the rest of the lineup down having, you know, legit 
the four, you know, top four defensemen playing in that way. Can you kind of talk about, man, how you see this filtering down to the D? Who do you see Letty playing with? That sort of stuff. Uh, right away, he's going to play with Colton Pareko. Okay. I know that for a fact. Uh, Tori Krug will stay with Justin Falk, and then there's going to be a healthy competition for Mikola or Scandella to play with Bortuzzo. That's the way it shakes out. So when you look at your defensive core right now, go back two days. You had Scandella playing top four. You had Mikola or Wallman playing in your bottom two. Now you have Nick Letty in your top four, and you have, you've dropped Scandella down yeah. to where he and Mikola are now competing for that sixth spot on your decoy. You got better. To your point, you got better. Absolutely. You've improved. Boy, and I'm already tired of the Marco Scandella being the whipping boy thing. And and maybe he deserves it, whatever. But my God, I'm so tired of how Blues fans key in on one freaking guy. They make him their freaking whipping boy. And that's what it is. And Scandella has got that crown right now. Now, is Letty the guy that is the stereotypical, well, this is Wallman in five years that you hope he is going to be. So why not have future Wallman here now yeah. while we're in our window? Jake Wallman was never going to be Nick Letty. He just wasn't. I mean, uh, he's got the skating ability, and that's kind of where it ends. Uh, the hockey IQ for Jake Wallman, um, I think he's a, a good, a fine player. The hockey IQ is not quite where it needs to be. So you think this is a big upgrade over future Jake Wallman yeah, Nick, right now? Well, that's great news. Jake Wallman would never, was never going to be nearly as good as Nick Letty. Okay. And so when I look at it, from a skating standpoint, you want to put him on an obstacle course on the ice, probably neck and neck. But when it comes to hockey IQ and playing at those high levels, let's not Nick Letty has 121 playoff games under his belt. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. That is a lot. That's a lot. That's a, that's over a season and, and a quarter of games, extra games that he's played. So Jake Wallman, although he had some great spurts this year, he couldn't find his way into the lineup on a regular basis on this team. Yeah. So imagine, like, Nick Letty, think about the difference of those two players. Even though people want to try to compare the stylistically, there's no comparison when it comes to, like, the head-to-head of them. Okay, a couple things. Will Wallman play every day in Detroit, do you know? I think he will. If not, he, he will. will be given more of an opportunity to get an everyday role than he could have here. Yeah, I mean, Steve Eiserman, there's no secret there. He's doing his rebuild, which, by the way, they're way ahead of schedule. Yeah. Way ahead of schedule. Stevie's why scares the heck out of me because that Detroit Red Wing team in two or three years is going to be a powerhouse. And, you know, whether Jake Wallman's a part of that or not, who knows? Um, you know, he, he uh, Stevie did acquire Robbie Fabry from the Blues, and Robbie Fabry wasn't even finding his way into the lineup here. Went to Detroit, turned in 20-goal scorer. Yeah. So, you know what? Ice time and opportunity do matter for things. We'll see. Jake Wallman, it's up to you now. Show the world you can play. And, and was Oscar Sundquist um, expendable because of the emergence of Barbie and also because he's, you know, I mean, he, he the way he plays, man, he, he gets banged up a lot. Yeah, he's 100% uh, expendable because of Ivan Barbashev. I think that if you go back a year, uh, it would be Barbie in this deal, not Sundquist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ivan Barbashev has shown, uh, one, he can stay healthy. Uh, two, that he's got 20-goal potential. Three, he's still remaining physical. He can kill penalties. He can play center. He can play wing. All of the things that you wanted Oscar Sundquist to do out there, Ivan Barbashev has exceeded that. He really has. And because I don't even know if Oscar Sundquist could be a 20 goal scorer. I pegged him at like a 14 to 15 goals. That would be like on the high end on a good year for Oscar Sundquist. Well, Barbie's right there tickling 20 right now with a lot of time left. Um, And then the injuries. Both hips had surgery, ACL repaired. 
you know, he was a step slower than he was before, and the Blues patiently you know, working through it with him. They realized that a year from now it could be different, but I think at the end of the day, a year from now it could be worse too. So yeah, I, think, I, I think St. Louis has seen the best of him from a health standpoint, yeah, I agree. at least, unfortunately. But what he meant to the team in the Stanley Cup run is, you know, can't ever be taken away from no, him, No, I mean, obviously. and it shouldn't be. Oscar Sundquist should be fondly remembered in St. Louis for doing, you know, doing all the dirty work, doing the stuff that nobody wanted to do and doing it perfectly and really... Um, you know, catapulting himself into like cult lore here in St. Louis, just because he he was that guy. He was the other guy that people fell in love with. And when you remember him, think about the fact that those two things are connected. Everything he put his body through, that's where he is right now. Yeah. So remember that. The other name that's that was in this is it Witkowski? Is it Luke Witkowski? Okay, yep. tell me about this guy because if you YouTube him, ooh, he's a lot of fun to watch, but he doesn't have a stick in his hand a whole lot. Of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, is he a player or is he a guy that's just kind of thrown in? And I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus. What I'm saying no. is, is he somebody that's going to help the Blues? No. Um, unfortunately, uh, I actually thought he might get a chance right away because the Blues were a short of rostered guy, and they end up calling up Nathan Walker that, to yeah. fill that void. Yeah. But I thought he was going to get you know an opportunity to play because he plays D and forward. He's kind of your you know mix and match wherever you need him. Uh, who would do but that? He's a in killer. Their career. Anyway, he's a killer. Yeah, he throws oh left, gosh. he throws right, and it's a punch in the face contest every single time. Before we started this, uh, Patrico and I were in the in the office, and he was pulling up YouTube videos of the guy, and we were trying to find a fight that he lost. Yeah, it's hard. Or to... I was trying to find him striding four times with his stick in his hand. <laughs> Those two things are tough to find. He plays over 120 NHL games, I believe, and he's an. He's a, a adequate skater. He hits like a freight train out there, and obviously, he's if he played full time in the NHL, he'd be in your top five in the NHL as far as fighters go. Uh, that's why I thought you'd see him in the lineup tonight. I thought, ah, you know what, Tom Wilson, you know, oh, you didn't even think about that. Sleep a little less easy right. type thing, but you know, uh, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't. I don't know anything because he's been playing in the minors, and right. so, and also you got to remember that Nathan Walker has a guaranteed contract. What that means is he's guaranteed. You know, let's say the number is two hundred fifty thousand. Well, he's guaranteed that. So if he doesn't play one game in the NHL at the end of the year, the Blues have to cut him a check for the difference of what he didn't make in the NHL. Wow. Whereas if you get to call him up, it eats away at that guarantee. So that, yeah. So it's a, it's a really good, um, safety net for players like Nathan Walker to where they're only making, you know, maybe 125,000 in your minor league team, but they're guaranteed 250, which means they're guaranteed to make 250,000 or guaranteed at least to get enough call-ups to the NHL to where they'll get to that 250, which means you get opportunity and money. Very good. Last Minute Blues podcast brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Jamie, we know you've been in this position uh, a bunch of times before in your career. Can you maybe kind of speak a little bit to what Nick Letty's day was like yesterday? Oh, wow. And, and, and one of the first things that I wanted to ask, and I know you don't know this, but, you know, he's probably got an idea that he could be moved because he's a UFA. But when he goes to bed the night before last... Does he have an idea he's coming to St. Louis? Does he... What do you think? Sometimes you do, but Doug Armstrong and Steve Eiserman are two guys that are, like, airtight. Right. Airtight. So I guarantee Steve Eiserman probably said, hey, Leds, we're going to try and move you if the right opportunity comes. 
Just so you know, so you're prepared, your family's prepared. I mean, that's Stevie Y is a class act. So that's that. So that is you getting a heads up from the GM. Hey, yep. tell your wife you're probably going to be moving. with a class act GM. Because if, if you're not, if you don't have a GM that really cares about the players, he won't say anything. He'll just leave you on pins and needles, and you're sitting there wondering, and you've got your agent trying to call the GM, trying to figure out, and you're just sitting there going, "Ugh, this stinks." But I, I believe Stevie gave him the heads up. And as far as knowing where he's going, no. I mean, Doug Armstrong, ain't he's not leaking anything. Stevie's not leaking anything. But when the news comes through, you're not really surprised. In fact, he's probably very happy because he's leaving a non-playoff-bound team in Detroit to go and play for a, what should be a playoff-bound team. And that gives him extra games to earn his next contract. It gives him a better opportunity to play on a good team, too, because his numbers are not good. Yeah, this minus year. 33. Minus I saw, 33. Yeah. But again, that's a victim of circumstance. Look at any of the top-end defensemen uh, that were available to to the market but that were on bad teams. Yeah. They're all in the minus 20-plus. It's like, so it's like it's a common thing that you, you don't have a great plus-minus, which you guys know I, I hate plus-minus. I think it's a dumb stat. Uh, they got to figure out a better one. With all these analytics that they've got now to where basically they can tell you everything you need to know. It just doesn't tell the story. It doesn't tell the story at all because if you're a guy that didn't do anything wrong on the play and you get scored on, you're on the ice, you get a minus. It's some like, of the, some the, of the baseball analytics, you would think that they could use that sort of at least thought process for some of well, this Well, I think sort that if thing. you're a player that's directly involved with the guy who scores a goal, then you get a minus. But I also feel like if you're a player that is directly involved in a goal offensively, you get a plus. You know, not just the assist. Like maybe you made a good play, but then again, now we're basically now we're turning it into oh, what someone deems to be a good right. play. So yeah, I don't know. I say you just scrap the friggin' stat. But either way, um, yeah, Nick Letty's going to have an opportunity to not recapture his career because I think it speaks for itself, but he's going to have an opportunity to improve on his his stock, so to say, moving into free agency. So he's yeah, so he's playing not only for the Blues but for potential suitors oh, yeah. at the end of the season. It's I an w- audition for every team in the league right now. I saw this on Twitter that you uh, responded to somebody about this, and I'd like you to explain because I know you have personal experience with this. Should there be no games on trade deadline day? Yeah, I don't think the games are, are good anymore. It's so hard. Like, Take Nick Letty. I know where he lives in Detroit, and I know the airport's 45 minutes away. Um, you know, my personal experience when I got traded from the Red Wings to the Coyotes on deadline day was like an hour before the trade deadline, and I had to tra- I had to pack everything. I had to go get my kids out of school. I had to try and say goodbye to my kids while they're crying and completely not understanding what the hell is going on. I had to get to the airport. I had to fly from Detroit to Columbus. By the time I landed in Columbus and I got to the room and got everything on, it was middle of the first period. And Barry Smith and Wayne Gretzky are giggling on the bench, and they're, you know, Gretz is like, you ready to go? I'm like, I guess so. He's like, all right, get up there. <laughs> what am I gonna, are you going to say no to Wayne Gretzky? You ready to go? Yeah, give me a minute. Right. You know, give me Wayne, five. Hey, Wayne. Wayne, give me five. And, and one of the things, too, they had acquired me for was just being able to, to do that stuff, like a veteran that could just play any scenario, right. any situation, and just throw him in the fire, right? So here I am, no stretch, no warm-up, no nothing. I had a coffee, basically. I hit the ice in my Arizona Coyotes uniform wearing Detroit Red Wings gloves because they didn't have gloves on the road that fit my hands or whatever. And going back to the family part of it here, you said you had to say goodbye to your kids, pull them out of school, blah, blah, blah. How old were they at the time? Uh, My oldest was kindergarten. 
Okay. And the twin boys were, I think, two years old. Okay, so the so, kindergartner so, does not get that. Well, and all. also uh, to bring this to the real world here, anybody listening who is a business person that you know may fly out on a Tuesday and come back on a Thursday, that's very well planned. And think about how sad it is for you to go to your kids but and you're say, coming back. mommy or daddy is going, blah, blah, blah. You had time to prepare for this, and yeah. you're coming back in four days. This is a complete surprise, and you're not coming back. Yeah, not coming and oh, back. by the way, it has to kind of be in public because it pulled them out of school. Oh, yeah. Well, and not only that. That on my way to the airport, TSN up in Canada, you know, they do a great job of covering the trade deadline. They called me for an interview. Put throw my mug up on the screen, just a still shot. Jamie Rivers live traded from Detroit Red Wings to the Phoenix Coyotes at the time. And they're interviewing me, and my kids are crying in the background. It's it's like it was a mad. I remember my dad calling me later, me, oh my God. He's like, why would they interview you when you're you know, you're wow. you're trying to get to the airport. I'm like, I did just ask. I said yes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does that come to fruition, though, man? What has to happen for them to make uh, the, the the trade deadline day a day a day with no games? Well, it's not hard. I mean, they already uh, they can schedule. They have the All Star break. Nobody plays. You think one day without playing a game is going to matter? Oh no, no, I'm not. I am completely on your side. I'm just saying, like, does the does the NHLPA and the owners have to vote on it, or like, they, of course, everything okay. has to be collectively bargained. Okay, so right, the right. union and the owners would have to say, hey, look, this is getting kind of dumb. Why don't we just make this like you could have practice? Right. Every team could practice. It's not like a day off, but then at least if guys get traded. It's not like a fire sale to where they got to get out of there. You know, they calmly can get their things. Man, and as, as much as the hockey community, and I mean the, the players and all that, take care of each other, you would think this is a no-brainer. Yeah, but it's always just it, – it, the mentality, Jeff, has always been that hockey players would just play through anything. Yeah. But what happened? You know, well, my house blew up. All right, we'll get your gear on. You're you're starting tonight, right? Like it's yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Make sure you're getting into a good mind frame before you come to the rink tonight, and you play through it. Right. You don't ask questions. You don't complain. You don't cry about it. You and just that's play through it. The way you got to this point, mentally speaking, like that's how you got to the NHL was quote unquote playing through anything. Pretty much. So you just pretty much do it, especially guys like you. So I can stick on a roster spot. Yeah. Cool, man. The EMTs are still at my house, and the firefighters are still at my house. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm yeah. super focused, so coach. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, I think. Uh, I think one of the things that, that that we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, is that this move for Letty, and maybe the lack of move for a, a bigger name or what have you, is sort of kind of leading towards what could be a very exciting off season for the Blues. Um, Jamie, can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Because obviously we love Sonny, but I also love the $2.5 million, uh, that is now off the cap that we can spend on on someone else. You know, you got to feel like with with that little extra money, a Tarasenko trade, I mean, this looks like it could be shaping up to be a pretty big offseason for the boys in blue. Yeah, I think, if, I think if nothing else, Doug Armstrong probably got a good feel for what could be available in the offseason from this trade deadline. And I think he's got something big up his sleeve. I, I, I don't think it's a secret at all that the St. Louis Blues would love to go and acquire Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a secret. And he's going to require a pretty good payday. He's going to be a restricted free agent this offseason. I, I believe he has arbitration rights, but then it'll be it. That's it. The following year, he's unrestricted. So realistically, the Calgary Flames are probably going to have to extend him on a contract this offseason or trade him because the value for Matthew Kachuk will plummet if you let him get to unrestricted free agency. 
Calgary Flames, if they want to benefit from this, they will trade him this offseason. So the teams get a full year of Matthew Kachuk and the negotiation rights before anybody else to extend him. And so I, I could see the, I could see Doug Armstrong making that big move to get him. Just for S's and G's, just because I'm 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 just curious. What does a long term deal for Matthew Kachuk look like in St. Louis? Well, he's still only a young man. Right. He's still a young man. Does he get I mean, eight he'll years? He'll be 25, uh, to maybe 26 when this deal comes to fruition. So I does could he be get wrong. six years? Does he get eight years? Oh, it'd be an eight-year deal. It would absolutely, I think it ha- you would want that to be an but, eight-year deal. But that's deal. fine because then he's your guy. Then he's, he's your then guy. He's here, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's going to yeah. be part of your leadership group. He's going to be your future. He's talented. He's tough. He's the name recognition alone. And I don't mean like, oh, the name, oh, the name. No, his name is synonymous with people who play the game hard. And if you look at their, their dad, you look at Brady in Ottawa, you look at Matthew, they play hard. You know what you're getting night in and night out. And I, I think that that's important to St. Louis Blues fans is knowing what you're getting, not just, you know, some guy who's going to chip in a few goals and then, you know, not hit anybody. Well, he seems like the kind of guy, blue-collar worker, that the that the Blues fans love but also can score goals, and he is just all in. All the he time. He just seems like he's all in. And mentally and physically, and he, you know what, and I, and I love this about him. Uh, he has a very punchable face, and, and and I mean that. And no, listen, and I mean that in the in the in the highest compliment because he gives the kind of look that I want my my player on my team to be given the other guy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he just... And also, too, and I know that this is dumb, but when but when Calgary was here and seeing that Kachuk 7 on a, on a jersey that was not a blue note, I didn't love it. No. And I figure, boy, you get that Kachuk, that seven back on. Okay, I'm going to go on, ahead, man. as my dad would say, put the cart before the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he comes here. Do they pull the seven down out of the rafters and give it to him? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah. I would well, think so, Pat but Maroon I didn't. seven. Right. Oh, yeah, that's not retired. It's not retired. It was celebrated. Oh, so it was just celebrated. It was all the number sevens because you had Gary Unger, uh, Keith Kachuk, I think Red Berenson, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. Famous people. Maybe. A lot of a lot of uh, big names in Blues history have wore the number seven. Joey Mullen, I believe, wore number seven. Um, Pat Maroon, the big rig, can't discount him, that's for sure. Yeah, what has he done since he left here? I kind of lost track of him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Bordering he's doing. on three cups in a row. <laughs> so, so going into, you know, after the trade deadline, um, is, is, is Florida the, the kind of the, the team that you're looking at as, as maybe the, the top dogs in this whole thing? I'm still looking at Tampa. Yeah? Oh, yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning improved their team as well at the deadline. Um, they have the core group that's still there. They have all the pieces in place from last year and the year before, like all the main pieces. Yeah, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see who comes out of the East because the Panthers and the Lightning and the Maple Leafs upgraded as well. Uh, those are three teams that are gonna be going at it big time. What about the Rangers? Would are you the throw Rangers them in that mix too? I don't see them in that category. Okay, but. But, and I'll pause there because they do have a team that's capable of upsetting somebody. So if they do end up against the Panthers or a Lightning team or a Maple Leafs team, they could upset them. And we know how that works. One upset generates momentum. Your team starts to play more confident. They are a fast team. They have some physicality. they got great goaltending. All of those things play. So I wouldn't discount them. The optics of how quickly Fleury wanted to get out of Chicago was pretty funny. 
That they, they trade him to what Minnesota, and like forty five minutes later, he was on the ice with the boys in a pregame skate. I'll be done. I didn't even. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> well, they sent him the private jet too. Oh, did so they? Yeah, oh, that a, helps. Yeah. You get a little bit of special treatment when you're Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> uh, you're oh not my gosh. Commercial. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that, did anybody see the the Twitter pictures of uh, Letty being greeted by the the Blues players? No. Oh my gosh! I am I am upset with the photographer that posted the picture of of Sod. Oh, the side, the, yeah, with the dad belly and the sweater. Did okay, you see so, that? And I know it's probably just a moment in time, but whoever posted that picture, it didn't look so good. First of all, I thought it was my former body double when I saw that picture. Okay, <laughs> okay, uh, so you saw what I so saw. So there's some perspective okay. there. Yeah. Uh, second of all, though, I know that Brandon Saad is in incredible shape. Okay, good. He does not so you ha- know, you saw what I saw. I saw it too, about. and I was like, oh my God. And he, he doesn't have the dad bod. He doesn't have a belly. In fact, he's in, I mean, great shape. So what, however that picture came through, the sideways, the shirt ruffled, I don't know. He may have had to poop. You never know. <laughs> uh, he may, it must have been an anaconda that was buried in there then. Um, <laughs> Because that picture he just had a big old meal. Uh, um, <laughs> he swallowed a German uh, Shepherd. Oh my goodness! Wow, I, I need you to go look at that picture. When you have a but Blues Nation, relax. Brandon Saad's in great shape, and also Blues Nation, relax. Army has a plan. Yeah, it, just watching That's that Twitter yesterday. Today, oh my gosh, man! Like how many? There were so many tweets that involved. A dig on Army and compare by comparing him to John Mazalock. Like it, it was so. Donnie, I was live on the air on the fast lane, I, and the text line was blowing up. And I kept trying to be, you know, I, exactly what I said about Nick Letty here today. Oh, Jamie, he's not great. What are you doing? Yeah, are you what? It's John Mazalock two I was like, guys, let's all breathe here. Yeah. It's not. First of all, he's a five million dollar player. It's not like you went and got a guy off waivers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're bringing Bob Bassin out of retirement, for goodness Whoa, sake. Yeah, respect Whoa. the Bassin. <laughs> <Sorry>. Respect <laughs> the Bassin. Well, Blues in action tonight. Take on the Capitals in Washington. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of the Last Minute Blues podcast. For Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, it is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Uh, as always, share us with your hockey-loving friends. And let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.